Hey, uh, good morning, everyone. Welcome, everyone. You guys look good. I tell you, uh, a few of you were over at the house yesterday, our, our, our house that uh, we're uh, welcoming our, our Syrian family into. Was there ever amazing energy happening there yesterday? It was awesome. But those that worked weren't allowed to fast and pray like we asked some of you to do yesterday. I actually went and dropped in and visited and I broke my fast by accident. I forgot that I was fasting because Suzanne brought um, homemade scones, which is like my weakness. And uh, so I, I just started eating one and then realized I was, I felt so guilty as I enjoyed every bite of that scone. So I decided to eat as unto the Lord. For his, yeah, yeah, I, I can turn these things. Lord, forgive me. Um, I, I, it's really exciting what's happening over there and, and thanks to all the hands that are, that are making that happen, thanks to the hands, every week something's getting transformed here in the building and it's, it's really cool. And my expectation and firm belief is that he's doing the same thing in you guys. You know, I, honestly, I care less about the, the physical renovations to that building and this building and more about the renovation that he does in our lives and uh, believe he wants to do that in you and he wants to do that in me. And so let's say, bring it on, Lord, bring it on. Amen? Yeah, like we, we do we not need, uh, my, uh, my wife was praying for, for our family this week and she said, I, the word I have a sense for is for, that we're meant to ask God, right, in this season of our lives for, for Caleb and Noah, my sons, and for each of us, breakthrough was the word, breakthrough. And I was uh, praying this morning and that, what she said kind of resonated back and, it, and I thought it was actually for all of us that, and, and I wondered this morning, is that not what you want in your life <laughs> in some senses? I mean, like, uh, how many of you are stuck in some area of your life? Anyone bold enough to say, in some area, it's not quite as God intended maybe, right? Anyone, anyone agree that there's probably some area in your life that is not quite lining up with what would be good and right and whole? And, 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 and my sense is that God doesn't just look at that and go, yeah, it sucks to be you. I, I don't think he says that. I, I think he looks onto those areas where we're stuck and broken and, uh, you know, like in a rut or sick or unwell, frustrated. And he's like, I'd love to break into that person's life and experience and bring all my life and power to bear to that situation. I'd love to change that. I'd love to renovate that life. And so I wondered this morning, I, we, we, we encourage you to pray this weekend and we're, we're gonna pray at the end of our service and I hope you just come with just even a little bit of expectation, even just a little bit of anticipation. It, uh, the, the scriptures say we don't need a lot of faith to see God move in our midst. Mustard seed faith can move mountains, correct? I mean, if you pray, believing, God can move mountains. Again, would you not like to see God move mountains? Yes. Are there not mountains that need to be moved in our lives? Yes. I'd say there's mountains that need to be moved in our church. I'd say there's mountains, man, 
Walk down the street, people. Are there not mountains in our city that need to be, need to be demolished and brought down? I mean, aren't, aren't you tired about the mountains you're seeing on, on, on the news? The stuff that you go, that seems like an immovable object. And God says, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can bring that mountain down. Boy, I, I just think God has a vision for you and me that is like, uh, I, I, I don't even know if I should do this today, but I, I want to just say, um, I, I keep coming back to, to Mark chapter 16, and we talked about this, this earlier this year. We, we talked about how the, the women were on the way to the tomb, uh, you know, and, and what were they talking about on their way to the tomb? They were, who will move the stone away? Who will move the stone away? And I wonder some, some of us were just walking in here again, like, oh, who's going to move the stone? I got this problem. And, 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 and God's vision is actually resurrection. Not just stone moved away, but Jesus risen from the grave, transforming everything. Yes. And, and I, I don't know, I, I want us to come this morning and bring our problems and our needs to God, but the end game is, is not just him meeting us in our areas of stuckness. It's actually to redeem the whole world and to make, make us agents of, of reconciliation and healing and transformation across the world. That's his vision for you and me. Change the world through us, God. <laughs> I, uh, I'm excited about what God's going to do today because we're coming not, um, not like beggars, like the man in our story in Acts chapter 3. You know, in Acts chapter 3, the guy, uh, for his whole life, it says he's been crippled fr- from birth. And uh, he's... He's had to, if you can think about his experience, he had to be carried uh, every day. He couldn't walk. He had to be carried or, or maybe plopped on the back of a wagon. But I just can imagine a, a faithful friend or relative that, that their part of his life was just to carry him to the temple gate where he would actually, day after day, <laughs> his life was an entirely predictable. For, for his entire life, he'd been beside this gate begging and, and his life was entirely predictable moving forward. He could, he could say with confidence, this is how my life is going to be. Crippled and begging. And yet something happens. A breakthrough happens. The, <laughs> the breakthrough of all breakthroughs. We'd never, no one would ever anticipate this. Right? Light shines breaks into this man's experience. He meets Peter and John, who, who we, we lined up, find out earlier were just ordinary men and who people noted had been with Jesus. And in their being with Jesus, they became somehow agents of Jesus. I mean, Jesus had said to Peter and John, you know what he'd said to them back in, I think it's Matthew chapter 10, verse 8. It's in my notes somewhere. Anybody have a Bible? Wait a second. I actually have a Bible. I can actually just turn there. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you have received, freely give. 
We, we get the Great Commission, and, and we get the, he, he actually says, just in the verse before, he says, as you go proclaim this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near. So, I mean, we, we, I think actually as evangelicals, for the most part, we've, we've actually captured the first part of that message. We understand our proclaiming role, that we're meant to go into the whole world, uh, sharing the gospel and telling people about Jesus. I mean, we, that, that's our mission. Uh, we're meant to, Jesus said, you will be my witnesses. But part of his being witnesses was also this, this mandate. And, and, and quite honestly, Falk, I'm just going to lay my cards on the table. Um, we're not a cessationist style of church that believe all miracles ceased when, in the, after the book of Acts. We actually believe that God can still heal today. And that this mandate that we see in, in, in Matthew chapter 10, um, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you have received, freely you have received, freely you have received, freely give. As you've received, go and give to others. As we receive his healing. And then as, as Peter and John experienced God renovating their lives, turning their lives upside down, they're like, they were then sent out to go. I, I like uh, in Acts, you know, when, when Peter, uh, you know, gets asked for money by this man, it's quite an amazing scene. And then uh, listen to what Peter's words were to him. Because the man thinks he's going to give him money. That's what he, that, the man's request, by the way, is, is like a, a, a rolling of the stone kind of request. He, he's like, <laughs> um, would you roll the stone away? What, what I need this morning is I need a little bit of money. Could you give me some money? This is what the man's request is. He didn't even ask to be healed. And Peter, what does he say? He says, silver or gold I do not have, but what do I have I give you? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Uh, you notice that part? Silver or gold I do not have? It's interesting that Peter would cha- choose those words. Do you know why? Look back in, in Acts. Uh, if you have a Bible, you can actually turn to these passages, you know, people. You feel free. But Matthew chapter 10 Matthew chapter 10 let me read it again as you go proclaim the message the kingdom of heaven has come near heal the sick raise the dead cleanse those who have leprosy drive out demons freely received freely give do not get any gold or silver to take with you in your belts Peter was just saying he was just repeating what Jesus had told him I got nothing but what I have I give he was fulfilling that that Matthew 10 kind of mandate, right? I, 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 I don't know if I can necessarily fix this for you financially. But what I have is give. What, what I have I will give. And what he had was far better than this guy could have ever dreamed of. You know, in, in, in the Old Testament when they talked about salvation, they didn't have the same kind of idea of salvation that we sometimes get in the rut of having. Uh, having. Lynn Dietz talked about this a few weeks ago, how many of us, when we think of, of saving, we think of God saving, we think of getting into heaven after we die. God's idea of salvation is wholeness or, sh- or shalom, of, of making all things well. And the people of God, they looked forward to the day when, when God would not only heal, but he would make everything. He'd redeem the world, make it whole. I wonder this morning if, if you know that, that God's vision for your life is not just that you get a taste of him, but that he wants to actually do an extreme makeover of your life. He wants to break through in such a way that he, you are made complete and whole and well. And uh, 
I long for that. I, I, I just confess again, guys, I, I, I guys think pastors, uh, at our ministerial, this pastor's group that we have, we, our motto of the group is pastors are people too. And actually, this week, uh, one of our pastors actually said, uh, pointed us to a reading where it said, pastors get into trouble when they actually forget that they're people. <laughs> and that's, that, how true is that? And uh, in my life, um, everything is not as it should be. And I want it to be more and more aligned with, with his, his life and his calling. And I sense the same for you. That he wants to touch us in the deepest places. And uh, I guess I was hoping this would be a healing service this morning where we would pray and, and, and ask for healing. But I guess I'm, I think I've been asking too small a prayer. I mean, I, I don't know. I think he wants to do more in you than just heal your sickness. I think that's like the, almost like first fruits of what he can do deeper inside of us. Um, folks, I know there's, there's all kinds of reasons why God, when we ask God for healing, there's, there's reasons why he might not heal. Um, I think of the work that God can do in, in our suffering. I mean, how God can transform our suffering for the, the good of the world. I mean, we know this because we, we, we think of the cross and how God redeemed the world. Jesus redeemed the world through his suffering on the cross. And I think sometimes uh, we come to God and we're just, uh, we're just wanting him to relieve us of our suffering. And we treat even maybe healing prayer like it's a um, pain avoidance part of our culture. And uh, I sense that... <laughs> I sense that sometimes God uses our suffering for his glory and for his purposes. I think of Wally back here. He wheeled in here today because of that accident earlier, earlier this year. And uh, we prayed for the big miracle right from the very start, right from day one when we heard what was wrong, what, it, what had happened, and about his paralysis. And, and Wally didn't get the big miracle. But, but Wally and Heather's testimony is how They've got a hundred of hundred smaller miracles, and and last time we had communion, Wally got out of his wheelchair and walked to the front, which is something we wondered whether he'd able, ever be able to do. But his healing has been gradual and and slow and and frustrating, and yet what have what have we seen God doing in Heather and Wally, bearing beautiful fruit, that is a testimony of God's faithfulness to the world. Um, Mother Teresa was once, once asked about healing and why some people who are good and deserve to get well aren't healed and some people who are, you know, not so good get well. And, and she said, uh, when I get to heaven, God's got some explaining to do. <laughs> Maybe that's why she lived so long. You know, God was afraid of that conversation. So we don't know the whys. But uh, there was a, an encounter Jesus had with a leper. And the leper came up and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can heal me. And his, his response, Jesus' response is, I am willing. Be clean. And healed that person. And, and anytime we, we read about the healing ministry of Jesus in Scripture, what we see time and time again is the compassion of Jesus. His great compassion uh, for people. <laughs> Uh, over and over and over and again, his, his healing. By the way, 20% of the Gospels 
are, are about Jesus' healing of individuals. 20% of all the Gospels are he- Jesus doing this. We see it in the book of Acts. We th- see it again throughout the, the book of Acts, the, them praying these kind of bold, audacious prayers. But what we can be sure of, sure of today is I, I, I don't know about the mysteries of the why or why not, but I, I think we can be confident in one thing, maybe more than that. But first of all, the compassion of Jesus the compassion of our God. He's a God of compassion. The other, the other thing I would, I would uh, say this is uh, that, that God loves to be asked. You know, I, I uh, was uh, recalling this week, I told some of you a, a few uh, weeks ago about our son in the summer um, praying, uh, fasting and praying for a day, asking God to provide for, for his schooling this fall and how God kind of miraculously opened the door and, and he received exactly the amount of money he'd been praying for. And I was at Starbucks that week, that, that very day that I heard that news, and I told them, I told my Starbucks friend about what God had done in my son's life and how he'd prayed and got exactly what he was praying for. And, and do you know what, what they said was, they said, yeah, you know, we've had those kind of things happen in our lives. You know, it seems like when you throw things out to the universe... Sometimes good things come your way, right? This is what their, their interpretation, but they were really encouraged by my story, but they just drew a different conclusion. You see, we don't just throw things out to the, the cosmos. We, we find out that the, the, the force, the fundamental force, if you want to call it that, at, at, at the center of the universe is a very personal God. <laughs> Father Son and Holy Spirit, and what we see in them is this continual asking and receiving and giving and sharing, and all this is going on. God loves, loves, loves to be asked. He loves to be asked. And so I, I wonder this morning. I, I don't want to go on because I'd love just to spend more time praying. But what's keeping you from asking? What might be keeping you from asking today? You know, I wonder uh, for some of us whether um, we might feel doubt, you know, or maybe, maybe more uh, a case for many of us is fear. What if we were to ask God for something very specific and God didn't answer? You, you've done that? <laughs> you prayed a very specific prayer. Where does that leave you feeling? I mean, it stinks, doesn't it? I mean, it leaves you feeling confused. Uh, maybe doubting, even angry, like, God, why? I mean, I've, I've been in, in churches and, and prayed very, very bold prayers, and I'm kind of like, God, I didn't see the answer to this. Where are you? I wonder if another very common obstacle would be we, we, we have a tough time asking because of guilt. You know, you're in trouble, but you can think back and you go, I haven't prayed or sought God when times were good, and now I'm in trouble, and so it doesn't seem right that I ask God now. Right? So I feel guilty about that. Anyone, anyone ever felt that? <laughs> you know, I, have, I haven't really pursued God. Why would, would that, A, why would God pay attention to me now? And B, you know, it's kind of like using God. It's treating God like an it rather than a thou. Do you know what I sense God wanting to say to you this morning? Whether you're in a position of doubt or fear or guilt, 
Do you know what I think he would say? Ask me anyhow. Ask me anyhow. Right? Ask me anyhow. Since God wanting to say that to you, just ask. See what I might do. See what I might do. I, uh, I don't have to say this again and again, do I, guys? But James, right? What does he say? You have not because you? What does it say in the center of the Lord's Prayer? Give us, Lord. I mean, there's all kinds of other great things in the Lord's Prayer, and, 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 and we can't take away from that. But at the heart of it is, at the very center is like, hey, God, we need you. Show up, please, in our daily life. We need you. Give. You know, I, I uh, wanted to tell you a story this morning about um, Dina's grandfather. Do you remember Dina, our, our, our former office manager? Some of you would. And I was thinking about Dina this week and, and, and the story she told me about her grandfather who served as a soldier in World War I. And, and what happened, uh, he was sent out with the troops over the trenches into, into, to attack the enemy, and he gets seriously injured and shot, and he's stranded in no man's land. People around him are lying either dead or, or wounded, and, and he's, he's incapacitated. And he, he, he begins to get really, really scared because he sees out of the corner of his eye, he sees German soldiers coming along and bayonetting the wounded. Apparently, he was so bloodied that they passed him by. And he's lying there, and at that, this point, he begins to pray. <laughs> and he prays, and then um, <laughs> as he's lying there, and he's, he's thinking, this, 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 this is so bad, but it could only get worse because a, a, a German plane is flying over and drops a bomb, and it lands right beside him, right in the dirt. If you can imagine, it's like straight out of the movies. Lands right beside him, and he says, this is it. And he's waiting for this bomb to blow up, and it never blows up. And uh, he begins to, to feel well enough to crawl his way, and he's making his way, and machine guns are firing at him, and he's, he, he falls into the Allied trench, but uh, he's seriously wounded. His, his hip will never be the same, apparently. And... Uh, what happens is this, this escape dramatically changed Dina's grandfather's life. I mean, before the war, he had been what he would describe himself as a wild one, you know, smoker, drinker, gambler, womanizer, all those kind of things. And, and he now described himself as a changed man, you know, totally transformed by, by this God saving his life. And, and yet at the same time, he didn't really understand much of the Christian faith. And so so after he'd been married and, and then had a couple of kids, God kind of drifted into the background for him. And, and it was amazing what happened. He, he was one night supposed to be home looking after the kids. And his wife comes home after something that she was at. And she comes in and he's there with his friends gambling and drinking and smoking. And she gave him the look. Any of you ever received the look? You know what the look is, right? She got the look. He, he gave him. The, he he got the look. I should say. And uh, he knows he's in trouble, so he says to his friend, "He says maybe we should go to that um, that that preacher and the gospel tent meeting that's happening. Well, let's go tomorrow night. Would you go with me?" And he and he actually goes there to this gospel meeting, and he he comes home convicted by the Holy Spirit, and that night he kneels down beside his his bed. And he says, God, I don't care about my body. 
just heal my soul. And uh, later that night, he's woken up by his kids who are crying in the other room. And he gets up and he walks across to the child's room and he realizes his leg has been, that has been so mangled by this war is totally healed. <laughs> and, and Dina's grandfather begins leaping and jumping and, and running around the house. He runs over to his wife and, and literally pulls her out of bed and they're dancing around the house and he's giving praise and glory to the goodness of God. I, I, I couldn't help, as I, I, I remembered that story, I couldn't help of thinking of this, this beggar man in, in Acts 3 who, you know, thinks this is it. It is what it is. By the way, it is what it is should never come out of our mouths as Christians when we're describing the state of the world. It is what it is should, describe, should, should propel us into ministry, into bringing God's healing and wholeness and transformation to the world. And, and, and just like some of us who, who go, I don't think I deserve God's healing or I don't think I have enough faith. I, I, I look at Dina's grandfather and go, I don't think he deserved healing. I don't think he deserved that uh, faith. What did he have an encounter with? The compassion of Jesus. The compassion of Jesus. We're going to pray in just a, a few moments and uh, have the Lord's Supper. But I wanted to tell you, uh, we have this God who is a God of all compassion, a God of all grace and healing. In fact, one of our uh, elders uh, got a text from a hillsider this week saying, what do you think God's going to do at our healing service this Sunday? It's a good question. And you know what God said to my friend, my, this, this hillside elder? These, these are his words. I want to just quote them. Let those who are sick come to me to be healed, for I am the God of compassion. Stretch out the hand of healing upon my people and give them hope and life again, for I am the God of compassion. Let the one who is unafraid of me draw near today and eat of my body and drink of my blood and be full of my goodness. Our God of compassion, what is his one request of you this morning that you ask? That you come humbly, not because you deserve it, not because you've done enough, not because your faith is big enough, not for any other reason. You come just because... Our God is compassionate and he loves you. And he'll never turn aside. Jesus never turned away. Jesus was always moved by compassion at the sight of suffering or sickness. And he'll not be unmoved by what you're going through in your life. How are we going to do this? Um, well, if you've been here before, we celebrate the Lord's Supper. We, we come and invite you to take a piece of bread and, and dip it in the cup and, and partake. These are elements that Jesus instituted on the night he was betrayed, uh, on the night he died for our sakes and for our sin. He said, take this bread. It's my body. It's for you. Like, it's for you. And take this cup, he says. This is my blood poured out for the sins of many. Poured out for your sins and my sins and the sins of the world. Jesus uh, gave these willingly, gave his life willingly on our behalf, and, and he invites us to participate in that through this, this very simple supper. And, and I, I think of this, uh, the, the, the Lord's Supper, as being one of the great testimonies of, of God's love for us and his desire to heal and restore. And so as we take that this morning, um, 
in, in, in invite you to, to just know that, that Jesus would love to heal you in those places where you are stuck and you are broken and you're in need. And so in, in a few moments, I'll invite you to come down the center aisle and you can come to either side. There's a gluten-free option over here and uh, take a bread and, and, and cup. But our prayer team, I'm going to invite our prayer team. If you guys would stand right now, wherever you are, if you'd stand and move to the back, we're going to have that back sort of wall right along there. Uh, and there's, uh, they're going to be ready. Our elders and our prayer team are going to be ready for you to come and to receive prayer. And so um, you can come forward to receive the Lord's Supper and after or before, whenever you feel like you'd like to, uh, you can go to the back and you can receive prayer from, from our prayer team. I would encourage you to do that. They would love to pray with you. They would love to, to hear your heart and pray in faith. And we trust as we uh, live out James chapter 5 where he talks about confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. And he says, you will be healed. So we're going we're gonna to pray in faith this morning that God will heal people here. And uh, whether it starts a journey of healing or whether he does it right this moment, uh, we're going to take steps of faith and, and looking to Jesus to what he, he would like to do in your life. And so I'd encourage you to boldly go to the back. And, and, and uh, it may be uh, a prayer of healing for your body. It may be a prayer of healing for your mind or your heart. Could be for your finances or for, your, for a marriage or for a relationship, whatever, wherever you need he- healing in your life, whatever place of stuckness you're in, you can invite Jesus to meet you there. And so we're going to encourage you to do that. But I want to just encourage you now to come. Uh, and just let me read 1 Peter 2 first. Great reminder, at least great truth. Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the good shepherd and overseer of your souls. And so God, we come. Lord, we come asking, we come needy, we come broken. Uh, Lord, there was uh, not one of us, I don't think, that, that didn't put up our hands about an area in our life that is not as it should be. And we pray this morning as we come, you might meet us in those places. We pray, I pray this morning for breakthrough, that the power of the Holy Spirit would come upon us this morning. And that like Peter, and, and, and I pray you would embolden us as we pray for one another, that we'd have the spirit and lineage of of Peter and John today. We asked, Lord, this morning, as the early church prayed, stretch out your hand and perform signs and wonders and heal. We pray these things together in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So I want to invite you to come just... Uh, we're going to linger in this. We've got, like, time. And so uh, if you need a Bible, grab a Bible and sit in your, in your, in your seat after you've returned. If you, haven't, if you don't need to go for prayer, it would be great that we're praying together for each other. 
And so it, even just be listening to the Holy Spirit, what, what might he be saying about someone that you know that's here? And, and just being sensitive to God. And I mean, maybe it's even putting an arm around someone and saying, I, I, you're on my heart, can I pray for you? And feel free to do that, just would encourage you. But, but uh, for, for that formal prayer, you can go back to our back and pray, but uh, then come back to your seat and just, just be sit, sit quiet and prayerful and let's see what God might do. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Come.